When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Um, want to finish, Mark, with our mid-season awards that we want to hand out. And, of course, remind everyone to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast each and every week, three times on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. I'm on social media at eGettings10. Mark is on social at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. Um, I want to go through a couple of different ones, a couple of different awards that we're going to hand out. MVPs, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the year, and then I have a couple of a uh, cu- couple of hopefully tricky questions, Mark, that should uh, divide some some folks. But I want to mm. start first with uh, the most valuable player on the 49ers. To me, it's it's kind of straightforward, but I'm I'm curious what your supporting argument would be for said player. Straightforward, you say? I I, I mean, I think it is. I'm interested what what your pick is because I think you could go a, a few different directions. I mean, you can make the case that the 49ers offense is such a uh, you know a group effort. There's so much talent there that if you it, say it's Kyle of, Shanahan, I swear to God, I, I'm not. I'm not saying Kyle Shanahan. I think it might. In, I think the way the Niners offense is set up, it you know it it kind of encourages you to maybe look to the defensive side of the ball for you know the most valuable player because there's so many individual players on offense. And I know this is the way that football works, but I think specifically for the 49ers with all the talent they have there, I mean the quarterback position is kind of the de facto MVP. I'm going to steer clear of that. You know for that reason i also you know i'm not sure that jimmy garoppolo um is is worthy of the mvp of the team despite the fact that he is playing good football um i'm gonna go to the defensive side of the ball and i'm gonna i'm gonna select the mainstay he's played in all eight games he's been in the middle of everything and that's fred warner for me leading the team in tackles he has a sack he got one last week on matthew stafford of the rams uh he's deflected a number of passes this season for Fred Warner, you got to look past the stats. I mean, he's always there. He's in the middle of everything. He's flying to the ball. He, he can cover some speedy receivers. He was matched up against Cooper cup a few times. Uh, you know, in the Niners last game that went against the Rams, he can rush the passer. He can stop the run. He's done a bit of everything for the 49ers. And after a bit of a down year last year, Evan, I think he's been phenomenal. So Fred Warner is, is my team MVP. Okay, so maybe it's not as straightforward as I thought. Uh, to me, it, it's pretty clear cut. It's it's Nick Bosa. Uh, I know that he has missed one game so far this year, but if we're talking about value, if we're talking about what a player brings on a play by play basis, and he's been on the field enough for me to confidently say, I know he didn't play against Atlanta. That was a game where they missed him, but uh, Nick Bosa is is to me the best player on this team. He is the most valuable player on this team. Uh, he's tied for first in the league with with eight and a half sacks. He's number one in quarterback hits. 
He's also top five quietly in tackles for loss. So he's played the run about as well as he's played the pass this season, which of course he is um, in a different atmosphere than many other edge defenders. And he's done it all, Mark, in 312 total snaps, which would be 45th among edge defenders. So players at his position, I know he's had one less game than a few of them, but even a guy like... um, Zadarius Smith for the Minnesota Vikings Mm. technically plays outside linebacker, but he's also played seven games. He also has eight and a half sacks. Nick Bosa has done it in fewer snaps on the field and yet has been just as valuable to this defense. Um, I, I just feel like when he is on the field, they are a completely different football team. And I know I've said it before, but to me, as much as Kyle Shanahan having a quarterback healthy has aided the 49ers in making deep postseason runs, the presence of Nick Bosa in both 2019 as well as last season compared to 2020 is the reason why the 49ers have competed potentially for Super Bowls. He is that generational talent that right now, to me, leads everyone with how he comports himself on the field. He's not really a rah-rah guy, although apparently in pregame speeches, he has kind of come out of his turtle shell. Uh, Still hasn't done it with the media as much, but maybe he'll get to that in future years. But to me, Nick Bosa is, I I think, clearly cut the most valuable player on this team. That's fair. And uh, he's also so great that he managed a half a sack on the bye week. I don't know if you saw that, but the NFL changed the ruling on that Fred Warner sack (laughs) of Matthew Stafford in the second half. And they actually took half a sack away from Fred Warner and gave it to Nick Bosa. So they each got a half a sack for that one. So um, Nick Bosa is so good that he gets half a sack without even playing a game. I also do think that because I I think there's also a a little bit of, I don't want to say statistician um, help, but with the amount of holding calls that do not Mm -hmm. go Nick Bosa's way, I think they're starting to even things out as far as giving him some numbers that uh, could be a little more evenly distributed around the team. So I I haven't heard much about the holding calls this year, but I know that's been a big uh, big theme of him in 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 recent years. Um, okay, let's go to. But before we get to the DPOY, because to me it's it's got to be different than uh, Warner or or Bosa in this case. But the offensive player of the year, Mark, I, I'm this to me is where things get a little bit muddled because the offense has had so many different stars in so many different games that it's kind of hard to choose um but i'm curious what you think about the 49ers offensive player of the year midway through the season yeah i spent a lot of time thinking about this one i think you can make the case for a player you know a a wide receiver a running back a quarterback and then you could also maybe make an argument for for a couple of offensive linemen i think i'm ultimately going to fall back on to the quarterback maybe that's a bit of of a surprise coming from me but i'm going to pick jimmy garoppolo as the team's offensive player of the year i think considering considering how the season has gone uh it was bumpy at first that game against you know the broncos stands out where it was probably the worst game in jimmy garoppolo's career but just the steadying force that he has been for the 49ers i mean you lose your starting quarterback for the whole season and yet you're looking at a four and four record into the bye and ultimately everyone is feeling really good about your team and, and your team's chances to win the division to potentially get a, a second or third seed excuse me a second or third seed in the NFC and, and maybe make a playoff run. So I think a lot of the credit there goes to Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of his steady leadership. And of course he's playing good football on the field. I mean, eleven touchdowns, four interceptions, 
He's throwing for over 240 yards per game to this point in the season, which is a, a pretty big number. And you look at some of the advanced numbers for the 49ers offense, actually a top 10 passing offense and, you know, bottom third in, in terms of rushing. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has done a good job considering the expectations, considering everything that happened to their starting quarterback. I think for that reason, he's my offensive player of the year through the midway point. Well, I'm I'm glad you know we we have a chance to give Jimmy G some credit, Mark. I, I know it's been uh, a bit a bit seldom throughout this podcast this year, but I'm proud of you for making that your choice. Uh, whereas I have been more of a Jimmy G defender than most, I am actually going to maybe throw a curveball at you. Okay. My offensive player of the year is Brandon Ayuk. I like it. He is the leader on this team. As far as wide receivers concerned, receptions, yards, touchdowns. He has been the most consistent receiver over the course of this season. By the end of this year, that will certainly change. But looking at even just the last three weeks, I know two of them have been losses, but more than 80 yards. He's gotten six or more receptions, and he's starting to get more targets too, which which tells me, ironically, when Debo was in the game, he had more targets than he would than he did when Debo was out against the Rams, but Brandon Ayuk is a player to me that's found him, found his role, which is maybe most important uh, on an offense where you have a lot of options to choose from. Of course, Ayuk now with, with Debo Kittle and of course, Christian McCaffrey being involved. Brandon Ayuk has been a mainstay in this offense throughout the season. And just looking at sort of number two receivers in the league right now, he's about 8.8 yards per target. That would be better than some other number twos, Mike Williams, Devontae Smith, Tyler Lockett. He has been a more efficient route runner than any of those three number two receivers on quality teams. Uh, the other thing that I, I didn't really know until I started digging through some numbers here was Ayuk's also been situationally a dependable target, specifically on third down. His ability to get open on routes deep and in the middle part of the field have been kind of suppressed, I think, but... He is a top 10 receiver in situations in which first down receptions on third and seven or longer. So when the 49ers are behind the sticks, when they don't run the ball well early in downs and have needed to be bailed out on third and longs, Brandon Ayuk has been their go-to guy. And that to me is very valuable and why along with the rest of his body of work, having led this receiving core in just about every category, he would be my, my pick for offensive player of the year. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yep, I was considering him as well. I think the other main consideration for me was was Jeff Wilson Jr., despite the fact that yeah. he's no longer a 49er. Uh, kind of talked about the steadying impact of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jeff Wilson Jr. the same way in the running game. And then I, th I don't think you can have this conversation without mentioning Trent Williams, despite the fact that he's been injured, which probably takes him out of the running. But you can still see the difference that he makes when he's on versus off the field. So I, I think uh, I, like the, I like the IUK pick. Certainly uh, been uh, his best uh, first half of a season in his career. And I'm excited to see what he does for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, me as well. I also do want to shout out uh, George Kittle, who, when he's been on the field, has played the most snaps of, I think, any skill player on the 49ers, whether it be blocking or route running. Uh, so he's been certainly valuable once coming back from that injury at the beginning of this. Uh, defensive player of the year, Mark, who you got? I know you picked Warner as your MVP. So who does that leave? So I is the rule I can't pick Warner for defensive player of the year? Oh, I mean, if, if you'd like to, Dick, please explain. I'll, I'll go away from Fred Warner. Since I chose him as MVP, I think his, his leadership puts him over the top, but I'll choose your MVP as my defensive player of the year. That's Nick Bosa. I mean, you already made the argument for him. He's been phenomenal. Eight and a half sacks, um, you know, up there with the league leaders and pressures and hurries and quarterback hits and, and sacks. Uh, Nick Bosa is is my guy for defensive player of the year. And no, no, uh, it's, it, there's a reason why the 49ers kind of got manhandled on the defensive line by the Atlanta Falcons. It's because Nick Bosa wasn't out there, and that was a big reason why they were able to, one, run all over the 49ers on the ground, and, and Marcus Mariota was kept relatively clean. It's because Nick Bosa wasn't there. So defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Right on. Uh, I am going to go with Talanoa Hufanga as my defensive player player of the year so far for the 49ers uh i know that that does that means i do not include fred warner in any of that uh which how is, dare you is somewhat disrespectful but to <laughs> me talanoa hufanga has been the most versatile defender for the 49ers this season and really in his second year has burst onto the scene as a guy who i hope is going to be a part of the 49ers on that side of the ball for a long time he is their leader in interceptions with three and so far is number one, in my opinion, for moment of the season with his pick six on Monday night in week four against the Los Angeles Rams. Even looking back, having done revisionist history, seeing what the Rams have become to me, that was uh, and still is the moment of the season so far for the 49ers. He is one of two players in the NFL with at least three interceptions, one sack and six passes defended because they put him all over the field. He has taken snaps, of course, at the free safety or the safety position, but he's also played in the slot. They've put him at corner, and they've also blitzed with him where you've seen Hufanga at the defensive line spot a few times throughout this year. So Hufanga has played just about everywhere there is to play on the defense, and some of that is because he roams, but a lot of it is because D'Amico Ryans and that 49ers crew can use him in so many different spots and he can still be impactful despite maybe not playing in his primary position every single snap. He's taken the third most snaps on the team. Fred Warner uh, would be above him along with uh, Tayshawn Gibson, which I think is kind of interesting. But through the first five weeks of the year, Hufanga did not miss a single snap. So he has been on the field just about as much as any player on defense. He has played in more positions than any player on defense, and he's been more impactful as far as the statistics are concerned and just by the eye test to me, Mark. Uh, that's why I would go with the Tongan Tiger as my defensive player of the year so far. Good pick. I like it. Um, I know we're running out of time, so why don't we just get on to rookie of the year? This, I think this one is a relatively easy one, just considering, you know, what rookies have played and, and haven't played too much for the 49ers so far this year. So I'll just get it off the board quickly. Uh, Spencer Burford, uh, right guard for the 49ers rookie out of you know, university of Texas, San Antonio, fourth round pick for the 49ers. He is my rookie of the year, uh, because he's played the whole season and he hasn't been terrible. I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, what the uh, consideration is when you're, when you're talking about 
uh, offensive or, or just rookie of the years in general. Drake Jackson obviously has played a bunch as well, but I'm going Spencer Burford kind of uh, doing a good job in steadying that offensive line. Yeah, I, I would actually go with Drake Jackson. I, I thought that that was going to be the, the clear cut option uh, just because of how many injuries the defensive line has sustained and how much he's had to play. I, I know he was more touted than Burford as a second round pick in the first selection last year's draft by the Niners. Uh, but with three sacks to his name thus far, I think he's put together a pretty solid rookie campaign. Uh, on, along the lines of Burford, I got a couple of quick hitters before we get out of here, Mark. Better first year offensive lineman. Aaron Banks or Spencer Burford? Mm, so Aaron Banks drafted last year in the second round for the 49ers. First year as a starter, as you mentioned, Burford most recently drafted. I'm going to go Aaron Banks. Uh, he's playing the left guard spot. And I think the reason why is because he's had to play. Or he's had Trent Williams with him for the first few weeks of the season. And then Trent Williams was out and missed a handful of time. And while you could certainly see the offensive line struggle a bit, um, I thought that Aaron Banks did a a relatively good job, uh, you know, keeping that offensive line afloat. And obviously there was help, you know, from other people as well. But without Trent Williams, without that big stalwart to your left, I still think that Aaron Banks has done a good job. So while Burford, I think, has exceeded expectations as a fourth round pick, I think most Niner fans and, and Niners in general have been pleased with what they've seen from Aaron Banks, especially after he was kind of much maligned through his rookie year because he didn't play at all. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Banks has has stepped up in his first season. Although Burford quietly has been uh, kind of kind of a rock, <clears throat> pardon me, kind of a rock on that right side. Uh, so I, I would go with Banks too. Next question: Bigger acquisition, Charvarius Ward or Christian McCaffrey? It's a tough one. Uh, Charvarius Ward has been phenomenal. He kind of got burned against the Chiefs, his old team. Unfortunate for him. Um, but I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. I think just what he adds to the offense. Oh, now that I think about it, I don't know. They don't have a ton of depth in the defensive secondary. Mm. I'll stay McCaffrey. I think what he does on offense and, and the way that uh, he can affect the game in multiple ways on the ground, through the air, and I think his perfect fit with quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is what pushes him over the top for me. So I'll go McCaffrey. I, I would go with Charvarius Ward. I mean, he's obviously he's played more games, but I just think that that was uh, a signing over this offseason that wasn't really talked about a whole lot. I know it wasn't in, in this part of the country, but um, Traverius Ward has been one of the better corners in football, even the last few weeks haven't been necessarily ideal for him. I just feel like with the identity of this team being on defense, he takes it to a whole nother level, even one different than a couple of years ago in 2019. We've talked about the difference at the corner position. Traverius Ward, to me, is their best man-to-man -man guy that they have had in quite some time, even though Christian McCaffrey, by the end of this season, will probably be looked at as the bigger acquisition. Uh, should he be able to stay on the field and stay healthy? Last question. This one's a little bit tough, though. The most impactful injury of the first half sustained by the 49ers. There's a lot to choose from. You've got to kind of rack your brain and make yeah. note of all the injuries that the Niners have suffered. Um, I think Trent Williams is certainly up there, considering that he, he missed a decent amount of time. Um, I will say, though, because he has come back and and you know he hasn't missed nearly as much time i'm gonna go to the defensive side of the ball and say eric armstead uh, i know we've talked a little bit i think it was last week or maybe it was two weeks ago how important he is to stopping the run and the niners have actually struggled to limit the run games of opposing teams so far this year once he gets back i think we'll see that niners defense take another step forward because opponents won't be able to run the ball as much against them so i'm going to say most 
uh, impactful injury, I guess, in a negative way by having him out, it's Armstead for me. In that case, I'll zig where you zag. I think it is still on the defensive side of the ball, but I think it's Emmanuel Mosley, surprisingly mm. enough, just because of the impact of that injury with him tearing his ACL against Carolina. He'll be out for the rest of the year. It forces more of a shuffle at a position in which the Ford Anders do not have as much depth at corner. And I don't think it's surprising that the weeks after against Atlanta, as well as Kansas city, uh, the corner position did not fare as well. Some of that could be due to, of course, the other injuries sustained around uh, the defensive side of the ball on that defensive line. Like you mentioned, Eric Armstead takes them to a different level, especially against the run as you've laid out throughout um, our episodes this year. But to me, because of the trickle down effect more so than his actual play, uh, the more impactful injury to me would be Emmanuel Mosley forcing Lenore to the outside, uh, uh, Ambry Thomas, maybe, and along with uh, Womack having to play that that slot spot. And now Jimmy Ward at the nickel position. They've just had to shuffle around so much because of his absence. Yep, they have. And uh, when Jason Verrett comes back, which could potentially be this week, I think it'll likely slot uh, Lenore back to the, the corner, uh, the nickel corner spot. And I think it'll also see Warner, or pardon me, Ward move back to the his his best safety spot. So interesting to keep an eye on there. Uh, but I agree with you that uh, Mosley injury certainly has had a big impact. All right. And that'll do it for this episode of the 415ers. We'll come at you next on Wednesday morning. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers. Five stars are appreciated wherever you download your podcast from. As we'll be coming to the end of a couple of days. Mark, I thank you as always for hanging around for a little bit uh, extra this time. Yeah, but it was fun, Evan. Talk to you later. All right. Take it easy, everyone. We'll be back on Wednesday.